Well, amen. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, Savannah, and the rest of the group. <laughs> uh, good morning. Oh, come on. Get excited for the word this morning. Good morning. All right, that was mid. We'll, we'll let it pass this time. Uh, I am excited to bring the word this morning. Uh, Bobby asked me a couple of weeks ago to preach um, so that he could enjoy some time with Porter uh, this weekend on his second birthday. Um, and I'm super stoked this morning. Uh, I'm a little anxious for some reason. I don't know why. I've been struggling with this message this week. Uh, but I'm excited uh, just to bring to you this morning uh, this word that we have. So, uh, oh, is my... Oh, it's up there. It's not up there. Okay. All right. Uh, so this morning, my sermon is titled, Go Tell It in the Mundane. And we're going to look at a, uh, a familiar Christmas passage. So if you want to turn to Luke 2, um, uh, we will be in there in just a few minutes. But this story is uh, the story of the shepherds. Um, we all know it. Uh, we've all seen Charlie Brown Christmas um, when Linus stands up and tells Charlie Brown what Christmas is all about, and he recites this passage that we're going to read this morning. Um, and although this this little narrative is short, I think that it provides us an example of obedience, worshipful response, and kind of leaves us in wonder of what happened to these shepherds after this strange but glorious night. So if you'll turn with me this morning to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20, it'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bible. Let's begin reading. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. A flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And the angels went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity just to... Um, uh, to be here this morning and to open your word together. Father, I thank you for your word and how it speaks so much truth to us. Father, even through this passage that we're looking at today, God, we see some examples that I think that will point us uh, towards more obedience in you. And Father, I pray that as we go through this season that we would remember what it's about, that we would hold fast these stories and the truth of why you came. And Father, I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Um, so, like I said, I, I titled my message this morning, Go Tell It in the Mundane, How God's Work Intersects Our Everyday Lives. Now, these shepherds that we read about, we don't know much about them. 
Uh, we can assume that they weren't really anything special uh, other than just regular shepherds performing their daily tasks, tending to the sheep outside of the city. Some historians debate that these shepherds uh, could have been actually priests watching over the sacrificial lambs as part of the Jewish custom, uh, which historically would make sense. Um, others think that these were just regular, old, poor, dirty shepherds. Uh, either way, it's really irrelevant for the point that we're going to look at today, other than the fact that these men weren't doing anything other than their normal, everyday task, tending sheep. I don't know if you've ever dealt with sheep. I haven't dealt with them much, but in petting zoos, they are aggravating, and they are smelly, and I just wouldn't want to watch them. They're really dumb, too. That's why God calls us sheep often. <laughs> um, but that's what they were doing. They were just watching the sheep, right? Um, and it really, what we see is it's going to follow a simple pattern that we see all throughout history of God and man, how God intersects our life through the mundane, right? Not through special certain events, not through certain tasks, not through anything other than just living our everyday life, um, so what we see here is that God meets us in the mundane, just like how he met these shepherds in the mundane. And I like to call these holy interruptions. All that we really know about these men, like I said, is that they were probably Jewish and they were watching sheep. They, they probably knew God through their Jewish customs. They, they uh, most likely had studied the Torah growing up. If they were priests which I believe they probably were. They definitely knew the Jewish customs. They knew the word. They knew the prophets. They knew all these things. But they weren't out there in the field actively saying, God, where's the Messiah? Send us some angels to tell us these things. They, they probably weren't waiting and seeking this miracle that they're about to see. They were just tending sheep. You know, they were, they were doing their everyday tasks. And yet that's where God met them. Not in the temple, not in their customs, not in their rituals, not in any special act or any special day, not at a special feast, but in their occupation. As these men are out there tending to these sheep, probably on a a pretty cool night in the middle of the wilderness, God showed up right there, right where they were, like they were every other normal night. God showed up and met them there. And when God meets them, he gives them this miraculous birth announcement, as we know, and that he tells them to go find this baby, and this will be the sign to them. God called them in the mundane. He called them out of their normal routine to go do something special. They were just doing their job, but God called them in this moment to go and find this baby and see the birth of the Messiah And it's crazy to think about that one minute these dudes were just out in the field tending their sheep and then angels showed up and they're like, hey, the Messiah's here. Go find him. He's lying in a manger. And I would have been like, what? You know, (laughs) like the Messiah, the, the baby is lying in a manger, but they went, right? They were obedient to what God had told, what the angels had told them from God. And what we see is that sometimes God does call us out of our comfort zone and sense of normalcy for a season to show us whatever he wants us to see. 
My first three points, I'm going to fly through them just so you know the last points we're going to harp on. So don't freak out. We're not going to get out of here in 20 minutes. <laughs> um, but the difficulty in this is that we often get so caught up in the rhythm of life. We get so caught up in what we do every day is that we may miss out on what God is trying to get us to see. Because in reality, God doesn't really work this way like he used to because we have the word, right? So you're probably not going to be, you know, whatever your job is, standing there doing that, and then the heavens are going to open up and a choir of angels is going to proclaim to go do whatever God's telling you to do. That's just probably not going to happen, right? That's the reality, right? But God does call us, and we'll look at this and limit it through his spirit, through his word, how we understand what he's called us to do. And if we're not careful, we will miss that. It's the small everyday moments where God might just show up and show us what he wants us to do. Right? So these shepherds went. They saw. They were obedient to what God called them to do, to go see. And then they went away doing what? Proclaiming what they saw. Right? God used them in the mundane. So these shepherds went away proclaiming the truth that they saw. They went away uh, telling others about what they saw. They probably, if they were just regular shepherds, didn't have a lot of influence in their community. If they were priests, they might have had some more influence. But they they went and they saw and they just told others about it. They couldn't help it. Right? They were excited. That's the, that's the, the sense I get from when I read the scripture. They were excited about what they saw, and they went around telling other people, and other people wondered about what they said, right? And, and, and the reality is that God has placed every single one of us where we are for a reason. These shepherds were in this field that night to receive this message so they could go see Jesus, and they could go and then proclaim Jesus to the people that they were around, Right? It's really basic. I know it's not super complex and like lofty thoughts this morning. We're just unpacking the story as it is, right? But God used them to go around and to proclaim the truth. And so what we see here is that their occupation wasn't a limitation for them, right? Where they were was not a limitation for them. In fact, it was right where God wanted them to be in that moment to go and to proclaim the Messiah's arrival. Whether you work every day, whether you stay at home, which I'm not saying is not work, but you're not at a physical occupation. Whether you work at home, whether you go to school, whatever you do, God has you there for a reason. You have a a chance to impact people wherever you are. Well, I'm a stay-at-home mom. How do I impact people? By the way you treat your husband and your kids? I work, I'm an electrician. I work by myself in warehouses. How do I, how do I impact people? By the way, you treat vendors and people you meet when you come to the place, right? Um, I, whatever you do. I work at a soapery. How do I impact people? By the way, you love them when they come to the register to check out. There's so many ways and opportunities that we get to impact people where we are every single day. The, the question is, is whether or not we're leaning into those things and seeking those moments out. We should seek opportunities to make known the gospel through our actions and words. Our our relationship with God isn't a private meditation of our heart. It's a life-changing status that should pour out of us like a waterfall. You know? Uh, I love Facebook. 
and a lot of people in this room like Facebook, maybe not some more than others, but when something happens, we like to post about it on Facebook, right? Right? Uh, or Instagram, because the younger people don't like Facebook anymore. I'm old, you know. <laughs> we make TikToks. We post our outfit of the day. Just <laughs> kidding, Renee. <laughs> um, you know, we, we like to post about things, right? <laughs> we like to make our status known. But often, including myself, when it comes to the gospel, we're mute. It's like, it's like, it's not that I'm ashamed of it or that I don't care about it, obviously, but it's like, it doesn't pass my mind often enough to go, oh, let me make that known, you know. And, and we live, I did the math today, this morning. I'm in this building like maybe nine hours a week between like tasks and stuff and worship stuff. And there's 168 hours in a week, I think it is. I'm not good at math, so if I'm wrong, don't judge me. Um, so I'm here nine hours. I'm somewhere else 159 hours a week. We sleep, you know, seven, eight hours a night, so take that away. And then the rest of that's the time that we have to influence people. The time that we have to grow, the time that we have to pour into people. That's a lot of hours, Right? And, like, often we get caught up and say, well, I can influence people in church. You know, I can influence my family. But when I go into work, you know, just, you know, let's live through life. Let's walk through life, right? But that's, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, the very effort, essence of who we are should be defined by our faith above all. Like, John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus in his first coming. We're, we're to prepare the way for Jesus in his second coming. My brother preached that in a sermon a couple of weeks ago, and it, it really spoke to me that John came to prepare a way for Jesus before he arrived, well, not really before he arrived, but before he began his ministry the first time, and now we're supposed to proclaim him and make way a path for him for when he comes back the second time, right? Like Jonathan said this morning in Sunday school, we are the voice crying out in the wilderness. We are called to, to proclaim Jesus and make a way for him, and God will use us in the mundane of our very everyday life. Right, Paul told us in 1 Corinthians um, that we are to glorify God in all that we do, whether we eat or drink. He told us in 2 Corinthians uh, that we are the sweet aroma of Christ, making known who He is. Right? These shepherds had limited knowledge of what was actually going on, yet they were very excited to share what they had witnessed. Right? And we have access to much more knowledge than them. Like, I can't imagine, still, like, being in this moment, I, I, I still can't imagine just being a shepherd out in the field and angels coming to tell me to go see a baby in a manger, but we read it from a much higher view than they do because we're not living in the moment, right? Like, we know what's going on here because we've read the Old Testament. We've read the rest of the New Testament. We know who this baby is. But they, other than what the angels said, they don't know anything else. They may have some ideas. They may have some inklings. But there's no confirmation of what's actually going on here. They just know that God told them to go and to do. And they did. We have a much higher view than this. And so we need to lean into how God is trying to use us. It's not the place. It's not the event. It's not even a, a person with a special title. Right? These were shepherds. 
God doesn't just speak through Bobby or through missionaries or evangelical uh, evangelists. Not evangelicals, probably evangelicals. Evangelists, right? He doesn't just speak through those special people. He speaks through all of us. If you are a believer, God's presence through the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, right? It's not some exclusive thing that only certain believers get at a certain time when they've reached a certain level of spirituality. If you are a believer, you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit at salvation, and He now dwells inside of you, which means He has equipped you to live how He wants you to live, to do what He wants you to do, to be who He wants you to be. And I think that He's made pretty clear to us who He wants us to be 22 chapters later in Luke chapter 24 when He says this. Then He said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance of forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father Abraham upon you but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Right? That's what he told them. And, and he makes it pretty clear why the disciples are here, why the apostles are here. It's to go and proclaim the truth, proclaim the gospel. He just laid out the gospel that Jesus died, rose again on the third day, and that the forgiveness of sins and repentance should be preached throughout the whole world, beginning where? As a question, beginning where? Jerusalem, right? Where were they at in this scene? Jerusalem. I'm a youth pastor, and we have a small youth group, and I like to teach with questions because there's like four of us at a table, so I ask lots of questions. So if I ask a question, it's okay to answer it. Um, <laughs> they, were, they were in Jerusalem, and God, Jesus told them that the proclaiming of the gospel should start Where? In Jerusalem, right where they were. He didn't tell them to go to some third world country and proclaim the gospel. Now, there's anything wrong with that. He didn't tell them to wait till a special, well, he did tell them to wait till they received the Holy Spirit. But he didn't tell them to wait like till the skies opened up and all these things happened, right? Because God's getting ready for Pentecost and all these things to take place. But he told them to start. Right there. And he did give them a moment to wait for, but that's not the same for all of us. Right? Pentecost happened once, it's not going to happen again. Right? Revival can happen again, but the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon people in mass quantities like that, it's just, it was a one-time event. Right? It was a special moment in history. But he told them to start right where they were, and that's the point that I'm trying to make, is that God is in the mundane. He's in it. You know, sometimes it can be very hard to recognize God's presence around us every day. We get, we get caught up. We get distracted. You know, we go to work and, and things happen, right? Stress happens. We're at school. Stress happens. We're at home and financial issues or family issues, all these things happen. It's, I tell you what, it's really hard to recognize God's presence when... Uh, a lady is cussing you out because she's missing pickles on her sandwich. You know, like, <laughs> that stuff happens to us. 
where I work at Chick-fil-A. Stuff happens where Scott works in the electrical business where vendors get mad or companies get mad over things that they weren't communicated properly all the time. Those, things ha- those types of things happen. Things happen in work or at home. All these things take place, but God's there. It's super easy to get distracted, discouraged, or interrupted, or influenced by outside things when we're just going through the ebb and flow of life. But God is in those moments. He's not just in the big moments. He's not just in the gatherings or the special occasions. He is there, but that's not the only place he is. He he was with the shepherds before the angels appeared. They may not have necessarily understood that, but he was already there. And we must remember that God is always with us, and we must look towards him for encouragement, purpose, value, etc., and the only way that we can understand uh, to recognize the presence of God is by walking in obedience of the Holy Spirit. And how do we do that? First and foremost, by understanding this. By, by getting into this word and understanding what it means, by learning what it's showing us how to, uh, learning how it's showing us how to live and to be obedient to what God is calling us to do. And when we do that, we're able to, to see more clearly the world around us and to understand how God is calling us to live. Right, And I found this quote this week, and I don't know who it's by, so I'm not necessarily uh, proving their theology, but I thought the quote was good. It says that we cannot attain the presence of God. We're already, uh, already totally in the presence of God. What's missing is awareness. And that resonated with me because... Uh, I understand attaining the presence of God in the spiritual sense of, you know... We need to understand that we are more in more of God's presence. And the more we read his word and the more that we uh, walk in obedience with him, we feel closer to him. But it doesn't put us anymore in his presence. Like there's not like a, a line of presence. Like, like you're in the back, but then, you know, you, you did some good doobies. And now you moved up a couple of spaces. Like you're not more in his presence and closer to him physically, right? You may be closer to him spiritually on a relational level when you're walking in obedience with him. But... What's missing more than anything is the awareness of that he's here. You know? Um, I like to call it God consciousness, right? Um, when I was a teenager, I had a potty mouth. But I didn't cuss in church or in front of adults, right? But the reality is I shouldn't be cussing anywhere. But I wouldn't cuss in church because, like, oh, I'm in the presence of God. I'm not going to do that, right? You know? But I was in the presence of God all the time. <laughs> it's like I didn't understand that concept really. Like, like I knew it, like I knew that God was omnipresent, like I had learned that in Sunday school, but it's like I didn't believe it, you know. That was the, rea- the reality was I didn't believe it. Like, and, and so I wouldn't necessarily live in a godly way outside of the church. Um. Because I was like, you know, it's whatever. But the reality is, is that I'm in God's presence everywhere. Every When I wake up, when I uh, eat and drink and sleep, and when I take a shower, when I'm interacting with family, when I'm at work, when it, everything I do, I'm in God's presence. He's there, right? And so we need to recognize that presence around us, and we need to prepare our hearts as as we're walking around 
knowing how to honor and serve him. So as we prepare our hearts for this Christmas season, may we remember why he came and why we are here. God is in the mundane. He's, he's here and he can work through you in whatever you do. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity that we have just to uh, worship you this morning. Father, I thank you so much for your word. God, how it's true. And Father, I pray that as we just, uh, as we, as we come to you this Christmas season, that we would just know and believe who you are. And Father, I thank you so much uh, for the way that you're working in this church and in me and the life of people here. And Father, I pray that you would just be with us now. And I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.